Good morning. Um, as John said, I'm Megan Bennett. I've been attending All Souls for about six years now. Um, and bear with me, I'm having some tef- technical difficulties this morning. Um, I want to start by saying that thing John said we're doing today, yeah, I didn't really do that. Okay. Um, when I thought about what I wanted to say today, I, I thought about what I used to believe. Um, about oppression and rights and dignity, but it devolved in more of a social justice rant. See, I'm a white girl from a white city. I'm a woman, sure, but I'm not objectified because I've never been that city. Poverty? I mean, I know what it's like to be on the verge, to be dirty, to choose breakfast or dinner, or lie about my homework or why I seem thinner. But poverty wasn't in the cards for me. I hitched a ride out of that life on the backs of people better than me. Racism, bigotry. I only know those by being the oppressor. Um, I mean, not anymore, now I know better. Um, Although statistically, I'm still more likely to help the needy if the needy look like me. I used to believe these isms were largely eradicated, vaccinated against by those before me who held rallies and signs and fought wars and opened doors before me. And now, this resurgence, this re-emergence of an epidemic of inequality Was it dormant before? Or did the banners and catchphrases broaden? Black lives matter, blue lives matter, Jew lives matter, all lives matter. But if all lives matter, why do I see women speaking out blamed for their abuse? Politicians again debating my body's reproductive use. Homeless on benches, parents in the trenches, because the, autom- the economy is tanking, but God forbid, I pitch in. I see bedsheets used as headgear, black backs as footwear. I see swastikas on worship halls. I see people gunned down in shopping malls. And white boys with body counts are tortured souls, while black boys with cell phones are buried with bullet holes. Children so bold in the face of this violence are bullied and threatened and dismissed and silenced for speaking their minds, for organizing, for activizing, for drawing a line. Dismissed, <coughs> excuse me, with, hey, snowflake, go back to your safe space. Chew on your Tide Pods and stay out of my gun safe. Dismissed, by the way, by the same generation who huffed paint behind Raceway, but okay. Maybe, maybe that big orange turtle on the top of the stack, you know the story, King Turtle and Mac. Maybe that turtle ruling all that he sees is merely a symptom of a greater disease. A reaction to inaction? A side effect of complacency? No, that can't be it. I've worked so hard since my childhood on the side of right, against the isms and the phobias, and with all of my might, I've, I've 
built walls that rivaled the walls that I felt. Walls of labels and profiles and judgments. But hell, I'm mad. Don't I get to be? I'm mad at the intolerance, the injustice, the hypocrisy. I hate the sexists, the Trumpists, the rapists, the gun-toting, slack-jawed, flag-wave... Wait a minute. All this anger at people who don't think like me? All this hate? All this hate? What does that make me? But Leanne does. There, can you guys hear me okay? Not willingly, I might say. <laughs> it's embedded in the back of my head. I just 
most importantly, my work on social justice. Most recently, I've been serving as the exhibition and event coordinator for a project called Outlier with artist Molly Corbett and executive producer Chris Billabar. There, I work with individuals with differing religious, political, and ideological differences. What, what brings us to the table is love. What makes us successful in our quest for restorative justice, for survivors of sexual violence, is the fact that we don't think alike. Love is powerful, but so is fear. Fear drives us to assume our primal desires to separate into two camps, us and that. It's easier to surround ourselves with people who think exactly the way that we do. Because then all we have to do is hear love. And hearing is markedly different than listening. Particularly when you challenge yourself to listen from a place of love. Another one of my favorite authors is Margaret Atwood. And she has a saying that oppression involves a failure of the imagination the failure to imagine the full humanity of other human beings. As a Unitarian, I like to reinterpret sometimes things that are said, because I think that's what we do. Um, <laughs> to me, this means both the humanity of the oppressed and the full humanness of the broad spectrum of folks who show up to help. For who are we to turn down helping hands? We need not think alike to love them. This I It's been broken for a long time. All right, our last speaker today is James Peck. High bar, though, so we'll hop up. <laughs> when I was young, life seemed simple. My world was one of black and white thinking. You were either a good person or a bad person. You were either hardworking or lazy. You were either Christian or wrong. <laughs> the police are the good guys, and you don't get in trouble with the police unless you are a bad guy. The cops get the bad guys, and the bad guys are the ones who are in jail. The American dream was real. If you just worked hard enough, you can have everything you want and need. If you don't have those things, you obviously aren't hardworking enough. Homeless people on the streets, living in cars in the park, they were there because they wanted to be. After all, a guy that knew a guy had offered them a job and they didn't want to work. Mental illness was made into a spiritual problem. These individuals need only attend church service on Sunday and get right with God and all would be well. My spiritual journey has taken me a long way from that time in my life. 
And with that journey, my beliefs about our institutions and people in society have changed drastically. As a college and graduate student, I learned to move beyond black and white thinking. Things are not so simple anymore. My education in psychology led me to understand the causes of mental health issues. With the opening of my eyes to the problems in our institutions came in in my experience as a mental health caseworker where I walked side by side with individuals diagnosed with severe mental illness. Through the challenges of obtaining employment, finding a place to live, applying for various forms of social support, standing in lines at the food stamp offices, housing offices, social security offices, local food banks, obtaining IDs at the DMV, working crisis calls in the dead of night at our medical centers, jails, and state hospitals. As I followed the overly complicated bureaucratic processes of what would be needed to obtain various resources, I began to understand that the process, the systems in place were designed to be nearly impossible to navigate. One example is running circles around the city to obtain the various documents that one would need to obtain an ID. I barely understood what was needed myself as the holder of a graduate degree. So many resources are tied to an ID requirement, including applying for food stamps, public houses, housing, obtaining food from a food bank. Yes, you had to show an ID at a church to get food, and they were logged. So if you got food one place, everybody knew. Even voting tied to an ID requirement. No big deal, right? It's simple to show an ID. Everyone has one, right? And it's easy to get one. Wrong. You see, if you're homeless, you don't have a safe place to keep important documents. Oftentimes, everything these individuals had was lost to theft, left behind during an eviction or displacement, are not seen as important in the daily struggle just to stay alive. To get an ID, you need your birth certificate and proof of residency, provided you even have a way to get to the DMV in the first place. In one city I worked in, the DMV was five miles north of town with no bus service. So that pretty much made it impossible to get there without a car. To get a birth certificate, you need, you guessed it, an ID. <laughs> or if you don't have an ID, perhaps a social security card will do. What do you need to get a social security card? An ID. And by the way, how does one living homeless provide proof of residency? This is one example of the types of runarounds that can be found at all levels and in every office to obtain needed resources. Add to this dilemma that you have no car, very limited monetary resources, and the act of simply obtaining food, water, and shelter become a full-time job. It is not an easy life. My eyes were open to the near impossible task of just having the bare necessities for these individuals. I witnessed the stigma of mental illness lead to discrimination in obtaining housing. 
waiting list years long for housing assistance, landlords slamming doors just because they had a mental health diagnosis. The system was set up for you to fail. Our institutions were designed to oppress the poor, the homeless, those with mental health and intellectual disabilities. The legal system has replaced mental health facilities with prisons now housing 10 times more individuals with severe mental illness than hospitals, often with little or no treatment received. I had new clients that came to me with legal charges for staying in a parking lot too long, harassed by the police, given court dates through the mail, even though they had no place to receive mail, charged with failure to appear, arrested, placed in jail, sent to state hospitals for treatment to become competent to stand trial. Some of them were in the system for several years for simple trespassing, a crime that has a maximum sentence of 180 days. As I did what I could to help those I worked with, I watched as my privilege made the difference. The caseworker with his polo shirt and khaki pants seemed to grease the wheels. All of a sudden, these same institu institutions denying resources would work with these individuals. Maybe that ID requirement could be loosened up a little since you're here with them. Maybe if you can keep an eye on them, I might have an apartment after all. We might release him on his own recognizance if you can tell me he will be here at the next court date. Yes, I will provide an address for you to put down on that application. I will help get a letter from the shelter you are staying in that will pass for proof of residence. Through that work, my beliefs changed. I quickly came to believe that the privileged have a responsibility to stand by the side of those with less privilege. Those with a voice of power are obligated to speak for those without a voice. Those that are educated have a responsibility to use that knowledge to help others navigate solutions for a better life. It doesn't have to come in grand form. It can start right here. It can start with your neighbor, someone you cross paths with. One person can make all the difference. Giving a ride to local resources, helping someone read through the complicated forms and applications, doing a little research on their behalf, standing by their side, being an ally. One person can make all the difference to another. I am proud to be a member of a church where social justice, equity, and compassion are core principles, where a part of our spiritual practice is to advocate and speak out for individuals without a voice. Being a part of this church has allowed me to reflect back on my Christian roots with new understanding of the same scriptures I witnessed used to support the oppression of others. I close with this from Matthew chapter 25. For I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and, looked after, and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in, or needed clothes and you clothe you? 
When did we see you sick or in prison and go visit you? The king will reply to you, Truly I tell you, whatever you did for the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. 